Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. I want to talk to you today about the benefits of living debt-free. To set the stage, I want to talk about first a Federal Reserve recent survey. It was the Survey of Consumer Finances. That survey found that 75% of American families are in debt. That's not too surprising. Uh, debt, I think, can seem normal. Everyone is doing it. I'm doing air quotes. But what are some of the consequences of being in debt? There's another survey, this one from the American Psychological Association, and that survey found that money, money is the leading source of stress for Americans. 72% of respondents to this American Psychological Association survey, 72% of respondents said they recently felt stressed about money. There's also ample research telling us that money fights is the top predictor of divorce and the number one reason why couples get divorced. So I want to talk about the benefits to living debt-free, and I guess avoiding divorce is one of them. Uh, But first, let me talk to critics out there first, because some will say that you can't get by without living in debt, that it's so normal that you can't avoid it. I will agree that buying a home and getting a mortgage is not what I'm mostly talking about, although you don't need to get the biggest mortgage and completely max out your ability to qualify for a mortgage to be happy in my mind. That's my opinion. The more destructive debt, the thing I want to focus on is debt that hampers wealth building and it probably contributes to the stress that the Federal Reserve Survey cited. I'm talking about things like credit card debt, car debt, and probably student loans too. Let's focus on car debt for a moment. Here are some jarring stats, at least I find them jarring. Americans take out about $56 billion in car loans each year. There are 2.3 million new car loans written each month in this country. Staggering numbers. The total amount of car debt is $1.4 trillion. I think you might be able to appreciate it, though, this way. The average car loan for a new car is $563 a month. The average car payment loan, car payment for a used car is just under $400. And it's about $450 for a leased vehicle. So the average term for a new car loan is 70 months. 70 months. Uh, It used to be more like three or four years. Then it got extended to five. It's now out to seven years. And you know what the average loan interest rate is? And this is according to uh, LendingTree.com. It's 9.46%. Now, some of you might be listening and you qualify because of good credit for 1.9 or 2.9, uh, but the average is 9.46. That certainly will hamper wealth building, paying 9.46% interest when we're basically in a 0% interest rate world. That means you're getting charged a high amount of interest because you are a risky borrower, meaning that it's probably tough for you to make the payments, at least according to the loan underwriters. So the average term is 70 months. 
uh, for a new car. It's 65 for a used and 37 for a leased. Candidly, the 70 months and 65 months blew me away. I will cop to having had car loans in the past, and I remember buying a 2003, I think it was a 2003 Dodge Durango, and got 0% interest for five years. This was in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks and the tech bubble bursting, and it was a difficult time for car manufacturers, and so they were pretty friendly terms, and I did borrow money for five years, 0% interest. And also the 9.46% interest average blew me away. Now in my practice here at Elliott Wealth Management, you know, we're dealing typically with clients that are on the healthier side when it comes to money and typically are not people that are living paycheck to paycheck. And so I don't see these high interest rates as much as they exist in the marketplace. So that might explain why I was so surprised when researching for this episode. But let me throw some additional numbers. If instead of taking a loan out for $563 for 70 months, if you save that money and let's hypothetically, hypothetically, you got an 8% rate of return, at the end of 70 months, you'd have $50,000. That's real money. That's an impressive sum of money. If you took that $50,000 and never added another nickel to it and you let that ride for another 20 years, again, assuming 8%, a hypothetical return, uh, in 20 years, that 50000 would be worth $233,000, almost a quarter of a million dollars. Again, real money. And that's just getting used up, used up by buying cars that often can't be afforded or you could get by with a lesser vehicle freeing up money for more wealth building. So I understand my critics out there, but I don't think you necessarily need to spend thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars or more for a car. I see this all the time as a financial planner working with clients. Uh, I had a client a couple of years ago, longtime client, wonderful people, and I'm not making fun of them and I'm not criticizing them, I'm more criticizing their decision, their thought process. Well, this individual, the husband, had a little bit of a health setback and he had trouble turning around to see where he was backing up to, so they wanted to get a newer car, newer truck actually, to uh, replace the one that didn't have the backup camera. That makes sense. That makes sense. They spent $65,000 on the truck, the new truck. This is money they didn't have, they couldn't afford. It put tremendous financial pressure on them because they were not in the strongest of financial circumstances. So they took a, a good, rational, reasonable decision. We want to get a truck with a backup camera and blew up their budget by spending $65,000. I, again, am speaking to my critics, but I'm pretty sure you could have found a truck with a camera that was safe, reliable vehicle and not spend $65,000, especially because they didn't have the $65,000 to spend and they borrowed all of it, putting tremendous pressure on their budget and hurting their overall nest egg. More recently, I met with a client and a husband and wife feeling a little pressure, trying to get ahead, make good money, 
but have a number of demands on their finances. Uh, they have a couple of children. They want to save for education. They want to reduce their debts. They have some credit card debt. They have a mortgage they would like to pay off. Uh, they have just a lot going on. Very common. They wanted to replace their 14-year-old vehicle. Again, that makes sense to me. Hard to argue with that. Uh, but they spent $50,000 on a new vehicle and they have a payment of over $650. The other spouse had a payment of $450 on their vehicle. So they're spending just about $1,100 a month on cars. And I have my money, so they're entitled to do what they want with their money. But I don't think this is an example of decision-making that will build wealth I don't think you're going to win with money with those type of decisions unless you're making gobs and gobs of money. And uh, this second example I'm giving you, they did make a good bit of money, but they were still feeling pressure to accommodate all of their priorities. Uh, and I think that this kind of stuff, although it's satisfying to have a nice car, new car, who doesn't love a nice new car or a nice car in general, but it violates the benefits that I want to talk to you about in regards to living debt-free. So let's talk about the benefits of living debt-free. Now that I've spoken to some of my critics who say you can't afford debt, I think in most situations you can, not all. Much of this debt and stress and pressure is more keeping up with the Joneses and it's decision-making that you are making that can be changed to give a different outcome where you don't have as much debt. Uh, living debt-free, the benefits of living debt-free is you have less stress. Let me repeat that. You have less stress. Long-term stress over debt could be bad for your health. I think reducing and getting rid of debt, especially non-mortgage debt, is not only good for your finances, but it's probably good for your body too. Less debt frees up uh, mind space so you could think of other things, uh, including how to build wealth, how to raise productive children, how to win with money. It definitely frees up mind space. You'll also have a better credit score. So when you pay off debt, reduce debt, become debt-free, you're gonna have a better credit score. Now, this is gonna sound counterintuitive, where that helps is that if you did need to borrow money, you're going to get charged much less interest. Instead of that 9.46% average car loan I cited earlier, you might get that 1.9%, which lots of people get today based on good credit and strong financial standing. Uh, so improving your credit score is a benefit of living debt-free or let's expand it out and say about being more responsible for debt, being less leveraged is an improvement in credit score. You'll have more funds to invest. When you have no payments, when you don't have payments that are going out to banks, credit cards, and auto companies, it frees up money for you to put away to build up your nest egg, to create wealth, and improve your overall financial standing. Uh, your money, again, your income goes a long way when you don't have payments going out the door. That more money also means other things you could enjoy life with, whether it's travel, 
donating money, funding priorities like college, retirement, saving money for a second home, whatever is important to you. Again, not having all those payments going out the door to loan companies means more money for you to have to enjoy your life. I think, too, that the benefit of living debt-free is it allows more easily to get your work life and your uh, family life, your personal life, into better balance. Some people need to work. They need to stay in the proverbial rat wheel just because they got to pay all the bills. All those debts that roll in month to month, uh, sometimes that creates an environment where there's tremendous pressure to go out and work and to earn, not necessarily for the most desirable of reasons, but just to cover your monthly nut. Uh, that ties in the stress. I think you could see how that would only add to one's stress. So I think uh, living debt-free, managing debt more pro- properly, and again, I'm mostly speaking about non-mortgage debt here, although getting rid of a mortgage, which I have done, is a blessing for all the reasons we're talking about and more. But again, I'm more hammering away at consumer debt, car loans, credit cards. So work-life balance becomes easier to attain if you're not having to cover such a big nut. You know, again, in the example, a couple with two new cars, their payment's over $1,100 a month. And uh, that's a big payment, and that doesn't even factor in mortgage, utilities, Netflix, travel, gas, food, all that other stuff. So I think, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm going back a number of years, but I met an attorney, a very successful attorney, was in Lower Fairfield County, lived in a very pricey part of Connecticut, exclusive town. And he was a very successful attorney. He had averaged, again, I'm going back a number of years. This is probably going back, shoot, 20 years. And uh, it stuck with me all these years. It made such an impact on me. Nice man. He said to me that he had averaged making $350,000 a year for over 25 years. By most measurements, that's pretty successful. $350,000 a year for an extended period of time. But what he also told me at the time he was in his early 70s was that he could not afford to retire. Now, I don't know everything that occurred in his life, but that was very upsetting. The idea that you achieve the American dream in the sense that you're earning a very good living in a very prestigious field of the law and had a nice career by all accounts, but he had to keep working because he couldn't stop working because he had too many bills to pay. He had too much debt. He was too leveraged for him to be able to stop working. And again, I don't know exactly what went wrong and I didn't analyze all of his buying decisions over the many years that he had earned a very healthy income, Uh, but I don't want to be that person. Uh, And I've gone to great lengths personally to avoid that. And I think I have successfully avoided that outcome in my life. And it's part of the work that I do here at Elliott Wealth Management, working with clients to plan things out, to make smart financial decisions, to win with money, to build wealth so you're not in the position of this 71, 72-year-old that could not retire even though 
they had earned a very good income for a very long time. So thank you for listening to this episode about the benefits of living debt-free. Uh, I mentioned my work here at Elliott Wealth Management. Please check out our website, uh, elliottwealth.com. You could uh, sign up for a complimentary consultation if you're not a client of ours already. You could check out the podcast library. So please do that if you haven't already. And I'll be back with you on the next episode of the Simply Financial Podcast very soon. Thanks for listening. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note, the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial.